Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. What's up, guys? Uh, This is Terry here, and I'm being joined by Ian. And today we're going to be talking about business of his that has done very well so far for the year of 2021 as of this recording. I think he's up to about $10,000 in revenue this year, and it's October currently. So that's averaging roughly about a a grand a month. And it's very impressive considering he's uh, running a recycling business, something I was aware of as for like, you can get paid for recycling, but I never even imagined it could be sustainable enough for a full-blown business making that much per month. And if I'm not mistaken, I would say a grand per month is probably more than most teens get paid at their minimum wage, you know, fast food, fast food jobs. So it's very impressive. And I'm just going to, I know nothing about the recycling world. So we're just going to dive in here and uh, interview Ian about it. So Ian, do you want to give us like the 30 second behind the scenes context for how you can get started in the recycling business world? Well, thank you, Terry, for having me on for the second time on the podcast. So in case you guys didn't know, I'm Ian. I'm the podcast manager in the background. So I have a recycling business here in California where I collect cans, bottles, or cans, bottles, and glass from my neighbors in my local community using social media. And what I do is I bring these home and I sort them and I take them to the scrapyard and I use that money to fund my college um, fund. Interesting. So you're basically just driving around um, the neighborhood or your neighbor, your local neighborhoods and just picking up people's glass bottles, metal cans and all these other items, plastic bottles, and um, then, then just sorting them and recycling them. Um, so a thousand bucks a month is how is how are we running the calculations before this uh, episode? We said basically a thousand bucks a month was. Well, I have about 50 clients that, that's right, that's right. that message me. So I don't just drive around. They message me. And I have three days a week that I go and do my rounds. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I have my um, route and everything. Because gas is not cheap here. Yeah. Yeah. So we're running the math. For context for you guys listening, we were running the math a little bit before this episode. I just remember uh, how I did it. And I think we, we so we, he was earning about a grand a month in, in revenue. And he has about 50 clients currently. And we calculated that. Um, each household pays him roughly, was it 400 bucks a month? Uh, no, um, sorry, 20 bucks, 20. 20 bucks a month. That was, yeah, right. it's 20, 20. And then the, so each household generates about 20 bucks a month for him. And then of that 20 bucks a month, it's 400 containers. Because it's 400 containers. California state deposit. You guys didn't know in the state of California and a few other states, there's a deposit system when you buy water, soda, juice. Mm-hmm. at the grocery store and then you can take it to the scrapper and get refunded which is why it's called a deposit it's about a nickel container so at 20 divided by 0.05 that's 400 interesting and so that's about and i was doing the math even further and so we said okay so he's making about or he's receiving about 400 containers a month from each household on average there's some or less some or more as he's mentioning uh, and that's about 100 a week and roughly 14 or 15 containers a day. So I thought those were just really interesting numbers that each household, uh, at least in the California area where Ian's at, um, has about 14 to 15 recyclable containers produced each day, which makes about 400 containers a month, 
which is about 20 bucks uh, a revenue a month. So um, I don't know how far Ian, Ian's going to scale this, but those are some interesting numbers you could look at to say, um, how much time do I need to invest? How much research? You could even run like ads, I'm assuming, if you wanted to. And as long as he doesn't spend above 20 bucks in recruiting each client or getting each client, then he'll technically be in the profit because each household generates about 20 bucks a month. So I thought that was, that was really, really interesting. Um, a funny thing, Terry, I have not done an ad in a few months. Mm-hmm. I have gotten to the point where my business has been so scaled up, I cannot go further. If I were to advertise, I will run out of time in a day. Huh. Sort. Have you ever considered like hiring a local high school kid with a car or something to, you know, for like, say, you know, 10 bucks an hour or something to kind of drive around and do this for like, say, five hours a day or something? I don't know. Just if you yeah. want to really scale it. Jacob has mentioned to that to me before, and I don't know if Chase has. I have, I honestly don't have enough time in my personal day to mm. even be a manager. Mm. I'm already my own manager, so it's like I really got to the point where I scaled up so much, I can't go further. And just as a teaser to everyone, in the future, I will write a blog post about how I managed to do ads on Nextdoor and Facebook for free, which got me to this point in my business. Hmm. So how did you even start to begin with? Like, did you just wake up one day with the idea for a recycling business? Well, no. So, um, well, I used to live in a different state in New Mexico. They bought a deposit system there. But there have been times where I tried gathering the aluminum cans for my family. I live in a big family. Mm-hmm. I take them to the scrapyard, but there would be like a nickel a pound. Mm-hmm. So it's really not worth it because we didn't want to go to those areas of town necessarily, to the scrapyard area. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here, I realized, oh, wait, there's a CRV deposit system. So I started gathering my family's um, containers. And then in February, the month before the pandemic, I believe I've gone into more detail in a previous episode with Jacob, mm-hmm. my first episode on the podcast. So my uncle told me, why don't you go around advertising and pick up from other people? But I really did not go for the idea until May when an older lady from a retirement community in my city posted her free containers online on next door. So I went to pick them up and my dad said, hey, why don't we? And from there, I was like, you know what? This could be a business. And I started advertising and I grew, grew, grew. Even one of my competitors moved away. So she handed me all of my client, her clients mm-hmm. because she realized how good I was on like. <laughs> competing with first though interesting uh, it's a long story how i got to this point <laughs> that's cool does it only work as a business as efficiently as it has been because you're in a higher population area um Actually, do you think not, do you think population matters uh, population size uh, population does not matter that much because honestly i live in a town of about 60 to 70 thousand people mm. and the, the town next door is about 13 thousand and sitting uh, on the other side is about a hundred thousand so I advertised in this area with like over 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. But right now, my business is really focused on my individual city at 60,000. So if you just live in a small, medium, suburban town like I do, mm-hmm. this business could be pretty good. But unfortunately, you have to live in certain states, like not every state this mm-hmm. will be successful in. Do you know like which California. states? Yeah, do you know which states uh, this um, would work in? I honestly don't know all the states on the top of my head, but I know Oregon has a similar system. Mm-hmm. I don't, I believe New York does. Um, California certainly does. I'm proof of that. Mm-hmm. But you guys can go and look up on your state laws. And if you have a deposit system, this could be a business for you. 
explain the deposit system for recycling. So the deposit system varies state by state. Like I think ordinance of that fee per container in California is two different fees. Mm -hmm. Some containers smaller than 48 ounces in California, you pay a five cent fee, but that does not count on milk. And on containers over 48 cents or 48 ounces, sorry, it's 10 cents, but that's, that does not include juice or wine, unless it's imported from another country, which is all weird and some alcohol containers don't count. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of like weird laws surrounding this. But the basics is it's a five or 10 cent fee. And if you take it to the scrapyard, I have done the math for like on the weight of a container. Mm -hmm. They pay you in plastic right now about a dollar 31 per pound of plastic, like a water bottle, mm -hmm. and then a dollar 65 per pound of aluminum cans, which works out to about five cents per container. I have done the math myself. Mm -hmm. So that's how they refund you. A lot of people don't find it worth their time to go to the scrapyard, so they'll just toss in their recycling bin on the side of their home right? or in the dumpster in their apartment complex. Because on average, it would and a household would only pocket about 20 bucks a month. For, for, for me, it was about, yeah, it was about that much, but it was just my family. Right. So it really only comes worth your time when you start doing that scale. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, uh, what kind of response have you gotten when you've put out ads and notices that you do this type of thing? Like, do, are people like, uh, do people set aside their containers because like you're a young entrepreneurial guy and they're trying to, you know, help you out? Or is it also because, um, they would rather recycle it in the way that you're doing? Is, is there a difference between them just setting it out on the road and having someone come pick it up for them? Well, some people would set up their cans, no matter what, for like homeless that come by and pick it up mm -hmm. because um, they would do that. But for me, when I mention my post, like my business name is Ian's Cans for College. It plays mm -hmm. on the point that I'm saving up for college. Like it's my dad's idea for that name. So like my, my posts were saying, I'm a young high schooler saving up for college. So I feel like that's really how I got most of my clients from that like premise. Mm -hmm. Because for a normal person, 10 grand or a grand a month is not enough to survive in California, anywhere. Right. Right. But like, um, I have gotten comments saying I'm the next Elon Musk or, oh my God, this is amazing. I was safe for you like that and wishing me good luck. Even have people say, oh my God, now I feel guilty about my recycling pickup yesterday from the city. Mm -hmm. Like it's pretty funny how some reactions they get. Also, I think it's some hate sometimes. Like one guy was like, being a hacker or saying that I shouldn't pause or anything. But for the most part, I do get very positive response because I'm a young high schooler. Interesting. I like how you're uh, leveraging that because I mean, I'm sure as everyone is, you're not a kid all the time. You're only, you know, you can only really leverage your age in, in yeah. that way for that specific purpose. This is why I started an eBay years. business on the side mm -hmm. because I know one day my recycling business will expire. And I want to have another business that I have built up to work on. So if someone was going to replicate this in a state that had uh, similar recycling rules, then they would just need to focus on roughly, in some way or another, finding 50 households um, to run their business or to, to get similar results as, as what you've got right now. And I'm curious, walk me through, like, what's your average week look like? You said you pick up three times a week? Yeah, so I pick up... so. I used to just pick up like on demand random 
Mm-hmm. But I have gotten so big, and plus school started in person. I started this business during virtual school, so I had like so much more time on my hands. Mm-hmm. So for me, Monday, Friday, and Sundays are my pickup days. Monday, I divide my city in half using a major road that goes north south. Mm-hmm. So we do the west side of town, which includes all the retirement communities and some of the bigger neighborhoods on a Monday after 6 p.m. Like when someone messaged me, I would say, okay, I'm coming this day after this time. So I'll plug in my addresses to Google Maps and it will give me my route. On Fridays, it will be the eastern side of my city, which I have a lot of clients also. Mm-hmm. But that's mostly for my the competitor who gave me her clients because she moved away. So there are newer people on Fridays. And then on Sunday, I still serve three other communities outside my city, but most of my focus has been in my city lately. So every other Sunday, I switch between the 100,000 people town or these two cities that I have to drive through farm roads to get to. Interesting. So and you then kind of, you've broken it up into like districts or like different um, areas to... yeah drive around and just pick up on certain days of the week because my longest route has been two hours before i did this now it's about an hour okay so it's a lot more efficient you cut down the time in almost half interesting yeah huh i'm i'm curious uh have you ever run into like any mishaps over the time that you've been running this like is there a lesson you've learned like a word of advice you would share with someone who's interested in starting a similar business well one of the, my most common mishaps is when someone pull out their recycling a little too early, like in the morning when I'm not coming till the evening, mm-hmm. there will be people who would steal it. So honestly, mm-hmm. one of my lessons is just don't get mad over the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if I were just beginning, that were happened to me with a big pickup, which was happened to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like I have this big client that it's bi-weekly and they said half of the stuff were stolen because someone jumped the fence. Just don't get mad. It's and, not going to hurt your bottom line. And to car- clarify, they stole the the, the bottles. The, the, really? Interesting. Huh. Yeah, I'm that assuming, happens. I'm assuming they did it for, for the quick, easy cash. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're probably like, I don't know how to phrase this without getting like a dollar of that, but they probably need it more than me. Yeah, I see, I see. That's like, just don't get mad when like that happens. Just mm-hmm. think about the positive side. If it's not going to hurt your bottom line, it's not worth your stress. Like also right. another lesson I learned is just be patient. Like at the scrapyards, like on Monday, I went to the scrapyard or which in this game we recorded on the week of the 14th, or we one of, I went to my um, a scrapyard and my, the normal guy was on vacation. So we had this other guy, mm-hmm. he ripped me off about 20 pounds. Really? 20 pounds. And when I, and he didn't even do the right math under like paper receipt. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just be patient with people. Yeah, you may be furious, but in the last few days of gone daily, I have gotten to know the guy more. And it's like sometimes just one-time mistake, just try and see if it was a one-time, if it's reoccurring, change some things up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise try and work with them. Like we had them, we told them like a strategy we used with the other guy and we even pulled out the scale so we can see our eyes the weights. It's just all about patience and customer yeah. service and how to work with your like everyone on each. Right. Interesting. Is there any equipment you need to start the business? You will need huge like contractor bags. Like Costco has like a hundred pack for like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. You'll need a big enough car. Because one thing that may be a constraint is if you have a tiny sedan, you're not going to be able to reach the scale I do. 
I can take up to 200 pounds of materials to a scrapyard. Like California limits it to 100 pounds per material, except glass, which is a thousand because it weighs more mm-hmm. a day per trip. Wow. Per scrapyard. So I have a big bulky pathfinder that we even got like a cargo trailer on the back and a cargo thing on the top. Mm-hmm. So we can stuff that cargo. If you have a tiny sedan, you're not going to be able to be as effective as like me with a huge um, SUV or someone with a huge pickup truck. Interesting. Interesting. Because you really just need a, a vehicle with enough space. So if people are listening to this and their dad has like a big old truck, I mean, they're in luck. <laughs> That's what happened to me. Yeah. So I'm going to summarize uh, basically everything we kind of chit-chatted about here so far. Basically, Ian has a recycling business. And the average stats so far is that a single household produces about 15 item, 14, 15 items of recyclable material per day, which is about hundred per week and 400 per month, 400 recyclable pieces of material per month uh, at five cents, it, five cents per item is 20 bucks a month. And so each household produces about 20 bucks a month for Ian. And he, since he has 50 households, he's picking up, um, recyclable material from that's about a thousand bucks a month of revenue, 15 times 20. So those are super uh, cool numbers. I'm glad you're having uh, such great success with it. And all you did to start was, I mean, you started with your family. And then once you saw someone advertising that they're putting out a notice, they're putting out some material inside of the road, you picked it up and it kind of just snowballed from there. And then you put more notices out on like next door and Facebook that the kind of business you're running, you framed it in such a way that you leveraged your age and that you were being intentional with the money. So people felt like they were, um, they were inclined to invest in an entrepreneurial young dude who's out going out there and getting after it. And then you're used really the only equipment you needed were some big old trash bags and spacious enough vehicle. And then you just made everything more efficient by breaking down all the households that you're picking up from into sectors and uh, signing each one on a different day of the week when you drive around and, and pick up all the items. And then at the starting end, I'm even became more effective for design equipment. Uh-huh. Like over time, you might want to get like, I bought a compactor for 50 bucks. It's built in the eighties and it wasn't working. So we had to buy like a $20 in parts to fix it up. Mm-hmm. We also have a handheld like can crusher mounted to the wall. Mm. And it's like you sometimes need to buy more equipment to like speed up your processing. Yeah. Interesting. For like two months, I didn't mention I had a huge backlog on my side yard mm-hmm. because I've been so busy. But because I'm on fall break for two weeks, I managed to get through my backlog. Nice, nice. So eventually, as time goes on and you scale, you can buy <laughs> equipment to speed things along and make everything more efficient. Super cool. Super cool. Well, Ian, thanks for walking us through the gist of your business here. I'm, I will have to look into see if Kentucky has this kind of recycling. I, I, don't I, I kind of it. doubt it. I kind of doubt it. But if the, if you listeners out there are interested in this type of thing, check your local state uh, rules and who knows, you could have a easy thousand bucks a month in cash. Just don't be pocket. my competitor. Yeah. I'll wipe you out. I'll wipe just, you out. Just hard. don't live near Ian and you'll be fine. With that, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.